the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, these these big guys that uh, are on the national networks and all that, they have producers and cameramen and all that. I'm doing this all alone. Yeah, you're kind of stuck with just me here, and that's it. And you don't know squat about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, still- Doc, I'm all radio and nothing but radio. That's all right. We still love you. <laughs> I just can't be dragged into the 21st century, I guess. So I, w- I was talking with uh, Joe about the uh, the extravaganza that you and I had discussed, and we were talking initially about the end of June, but he's talking about doing a live remote like we had in the old days when we had the can care clinic. I don't know if you know what those are, Ken. Well, I've done many of a remote in my career, absolutely. So um, I think that we'll probably set something like that up, and maybe we should shoot more for Labor Day so we have some time to plan because we'll have to get some sponsors and some booths. And, uh, of course, I'll have to bend uh, Mary's arm a little bit to get her to help pay for things. (laughs) Well, you know, my contract says I get one live remote a year, and they're not cheap, and I haven't done one for years. Well, then then you're right. It's time. It's time, and they owe me, and they should – they should cough up some money for uh, refreshments and all that. I'll talk to Mary, see what I can do. Throw my weight around. Yeah, throw your weight around. <laughs> yeah, that'll help. <laughs> all 175 pounds. There huh? you go. Thank you, by the way. You just took 50 pounds off me. That's nice of you. There you go. Well, I'm trying. I can quit smoking, too. So you asked me, uh, well, first of all, let me tell you, there's because I'm taking pain medication, although I didn't take any narcotics yesterday, I only took the... Uh, the uh, Tylenol and the Motrin, and uh, that seemed to be okay. I've doubled up on my antidepressants. You know, you really drain a lot of your uh, neuro hormones when you're in pain and when you're having a problem in recovering. It's not easy. I, I think the physical aspect of it is easier for me than the emotional. And for people who don't know, we're talking about your knee. My knee, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, so I am... Uh, Two weeks and three days post-op from a total knee replacement, if you didn't know. And uh, it's uh, it's painful. There's no doubt about it. But I'm getting through it. And I saw my doctor. The staples are out. He says, I'm doing great. The physical therapist just charged me from home health. And uh, my doctor wants me, uh, Dr. McConney, good guy, nice, really nice orthopod and uh, a good doctor. And he said he wants me to go to outpatient rehab for a few times so I can learn what what uh, strengthening exercises I need to do. And that's fine. I'll do that. But basically they're saying you're doing so well, you really don't need a whole lot of, uh, in, in facility rehab. You can do a lot of this on your own. You're already doing it. You know, just being an athlete, naturally, I knew things to do to strengthen and bend and all that. But, uh, the pain is, is it's tolerable, but the thing is, is, you know, you just feel so trapped. Have you, have you ever had that feeling that, you know, you're, if you're a really active guy like me, this is, this is like uh, being in hell. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that, Doc. Well, but, and the wife keeps reassuring me, you're, you're sick. You just had surgery. You'll be better. Calm down. Where's the pain coming from? Because if you have an artificial knee, there's no nerves in the knee. 
Well, what they do, though, is they make an ins the current approach, and the majority of, of the surgeons do an anterior approach. So they make an incision from just below your mid-thigh down to, oh, I'd say, just below your uh, tibial plateau. So you know that little bump at the bottom of your knee going down your shin? Right down to there. Okay, that's a big, that's a big cut. <laughs> well, that's not the problem. The problem is, is that they have to get everything out of the way. Because you've got all these, you got your your kneecap with all of its tendons and ligaments, so you got to pull that over, and then you have to pull all the uh, all the tendons and ligaments. And you remember, you've got tendons that are that are running uh, across the the femur, the the end of the of the thigh bone, and they connect down into the uh, into your shin bone, and that's what allows you to flex and bend your knee. And so they have to take those off of your femur and pull them out of the way. So basically, they're giving you a mega tendonitis and a mega sprain. And there's a lot of, of uh, nerve receptors in the muscles and in the tendons. And, and they also have to take out a couple of ligaments because the internal ligaments you don't need anymore. Uh, when you cut off the head of the femur, uh, you're cutting off the, you know, the ACLs and the, you know, the anterior collateral and posterior collateral ligaments and all that. So that's the pain's coming from everything that was attached to the knee. Yeah, and around the knee. Yeah. yeah. And so then when they put it on the back, of course, everything swells up. It doesn't like that. And then you've got a foreign body in there, which is uh, a piece of titanium. And you're on your, on your, the end of your femur and on the, on the plateau of your, of your uh, shin bone, your, your, your patella. Um, so that, of course, is, is painful. Uh, because it's a foreign body, and your body's like, hey, what the hell is this doing here? Get <laughs> yeah. out of here. <laughs> so you got white blood cells coming in there, and they uh, they cause an inflammatory reaction. Now, of course, we've been trying to fight these inflammatory reactions with things like anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil, Naproxen, Aleve. And now a group out of McGill University says, no, that's the wrong way to go about it, that that only causes more chronic pain. I don't know how true this is, and they did some research. What's the alternative? Uh, they said just Tylenol, just Tylenol, that the use of anti-inflammatories like prednisone and non-steroidals like uh, ibuprofen and naproxen and Aleve and all those things, that those things cause chronic pain. They help with the acute pain, but if you just let the white blood cells go in and do their thing, uh, eventually they'll calm down and go away. So just use Tylenol. Well, you know, my thought on that is, is, well, if you have extreme pain, Tylenol is probably not going to take care of it. So then you're back to narcotics, which which are good for acute pain. And, and they have other than addiction, they have little side effects. I mean, they're, you know, constipation and addiction if you use it too much and for too long. So but then remember, back in the 2010 era. Uh, Congress passed some new laws and they restricted Percocets and now we have to go online and get a special number anytime we do a prescription. And if we get more than three days worth for like uh, Percocet, we have to uh, justify it and put for non-acute chronic pain on the prescription, all this stuff, which just has complicated uh, the writing of narcotic prescriptions and a lot of the GPs and internists, they won't do it anymore. They say, go see a pain management guy which is good for the pain management specialists. They're busy as hell. But huh. now we're, you know, we, we keep going in these circles. In 2000, they said we weren't giving enough narcotics. 
then in 2010, the doctors were abusing it. So we're going to step on you and <laughs> control you. And now we're coming back around to, well, you know, maybe the anti-inflammatories and the prednisones and all that for acute pain are not the answer. Maybe we should go back to non-anti-inflammatories like Tylenol. Well, if Tylenol's not strong enough, what's the next step up, kid? Well, an opioid of some type. Yeah, an opioid. And, uh, you know, we have, we have the tramadol, which is a very mild opioid and has a low addictive potential. Uh, but it's still a scheduled drug. Um, and I've still got a few of those left that my doctor gave me. I didn't take any yesterday. I did the day before because I was so active. Uh, we went to see the doctor, and then the wife wanted to go to lunch. And, you know, she deserves it. She's been taking good care of me. So we went over to Bonefish Grill, and uh, then we had to go to Home Depot and look for some supplies for my my downstairs bedroom, which is basically my recliner and 20 pillows. <laughs> and uh, then we had to go to uh, Walgreens to pick up a heating pad because my doctor said, well, switch from ice to heat now that the swelling's down. Actually, that's helped. I, feel, I felt a lot better yesterday and this morning because I used heat last night. Well, it sounds like you've been walking a lot. So. Oh, I've been doing a lot. And then we walked around our, our circle here, which is about a fifth of a mile. And uh, we had to put the flag back up to uh, full mast because we had moved it down to half mast for for Memorial Day. And uh, it had been at half mast all week. So I said, come on, girl, let's go do it. So we went and went up to the guardhouse, got the crank and the key and all that. It's an ordeal. You know, it's a big flagpole. I was say, <laughs> nobody, nobody else there could have done it this week. Well, my, my wingman, JT, he was mad at me because I put it down. He said, you're making me look bad. I said, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point, dude. Make you look. Here I am hobbling out there with my walker. <laughs> but, you know, it's good for PR because, sure. yeah. you know, all the old neighbors are sitting out there looking out their window. Hey, there's Hanneman. Look, even when he's sick, he's active and taking care of us. So You're going to get reelected in a landslide. In a landslide, man. I don't think I had one vote against me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that titanium knee, and take titanium care of it. And, Should uh, be fun at the airports. Well, you know what? If you tell them ahead of time, sometimes they'll walk you to the front of the line, and then you don't have to stand in that stupid TSA line. I can't tell you how much I hate that TSA. Can I just hate it. Well, can't you get Express, TSA Express or something like that? It usually costs like about 100 bucks. They put you through some sort of FBI check. Yeah, most most airports have that, and we have the Fast Pass, and we the have fast the pass, right. global, global entry and all that. But uh, you have to be at an airport when you come back in with, with the global pass that has one of the kiosks that you just walk up and scan your card on it, and then you skip these two-hour lines to get back into the country. Meanwhile, they're pouring across the southern border. Hell, I'm like... <laughs> Drop me off in Guadalajara, I'll walk back. <laughs> no kidding. Something's got to be done, Doc. Something's got to be done. I mean, this is just out of control. This it is, is, yeah. Can't run a country like that. Well, apparently Joe thinks we can. And uh, I guess that uh, he's he's an older white guy, so everybody should be comfortable with him. <laughs> <they know. laughs> he's, a good, he's a grandpa, and he should retire. He, he, I mean, he's got Parkinson's. He's demented. Um, they've done a great job with his medications. I can't say enough for his neurologist and his medical team and for the uh, pharmacology industry, which has produced all of these great, new, wonderful drugs for treating the symptoms of uh, Parkinson's disease, which is a bad disease. It's hard on us. 
Well, these... if he keeps falling, he's going to break a hip. Yep, break a hip. And you saw he fell at the, at the Air Force Academy graduation ceremony. Yeah, he tripped over a sandbag or something. Well, part of the problem is you get stiff and you don't have the same movements, so you don't look down, you don't look around, and you also lose your ability to move your head quickly uh, to adjust for where you are in space because that's how we keep our balance, that as well as our joints tell us uh, different things. There's neurons, uh, nerve receptors in our joints that tell us where there's stress on one joint and then on on another and whether it's flexed or extended. And all this along with your inner ear and your organ of balance and your brain uh, getting all these things connected, that, that's how we keep our balance. And if you have something like Parkinson's, it, it's tough. It's tough. You can't because all those receptors are not talking to each other. All those uh, neurons are not being connected to each other in the part of the brain that, that kind of smooths everything out. It's called the substantia nigra, substantia nigra, the black substance is uh, the Latin term, and it's uh, a part of the brain that uh, has to do with with coordination and smooth muscle movement and balance, and uh, the reason they call it the black substance is because it has a a dark pigment to it, and these are like switchboards that uh, connect different areas like the the, the organ of balance and your receptors in your joints and uh, your sense of awareness and awakeness and all these things go into this one processing center and then it sends back out instantaneously messages to say that hey dude you're about to fall over move your foot you know and that's how it works and he's lost that ability i mean that's just part of having parkinson's disease what considering the amount of pressure on the guy i'm surprised he hasn't collapsed already tell you the truth well, I, I don't think that he really. Uh, Maybe he doesn't feel that pressure. No, he he. You know, I think I think to be a, a really effective leader like that, you have to be a little sociopathic. You have to be a little bit detached and not really have the same feelings about uh, people as uh, you and I would have, or as your mother would have for you. I mean, you have to be able to send guys into into battle and know they're not coming back. And um, you have to be able to look their their families in the face and tell them how sorry you are, and then turn around ten minutes later and and deal with uh, with uh, congressional leaders on a matter of, of public policy. I mean, it's just it's like being a doctor. You have to be able to move from one room to another and detach. So you you go in one room and you deal with that patient. You give them a hundred percent. You make a note, and then you walk out, and you just erase that that visit, and you move on to the next person. So they get a hundred percent of you. Yeah, but so, you get to fly in a really cool plane when you're president. You do. You get to fly in a really cool plane. <laughs> there are some perks, but not as cool as as uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, I'm not sure what he's flying around in these days. He's got a nicer plane than the president. He does. <laughs> huh? or, I'm, well, why not? Why not? He's got more money than that's the right. What else is he going to do with it? What was it Babe Ruth said in the uh, in the 30s when they said, Babe, you're making, I don't know, whatever it was, twenty five or 50000 a year. And they said, you know, Babe, you're getting paid more than the president. He says, well, I've had a better year than he's had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if Jeff just stays out of politics and flies his plane, everybody will be happy with him. Yeah. So, uh, but it's Elon who's making me nervous. Well, you know, you're worried about the the Neuralink, and this has been around. This whole idea has been around for a while, and uh, I, I don't think this is anything new. Um, I, I do think that it's it's 
certainly much more advanced than it has been in that uh, we're getting to the point where we're considering, and he did get approval from the FDA to try some experiments to implant computer chips into the brain that have uh, micro wires that can move to different parts of the brain and can uh, pick up sensations and then it can uh, process something for a human being that say has no, no sight, uh, but they still have intact um, intact uh, uh, retina. You know, their eyes are okay, but the connection between their brain and their eyes is not there. So this will provide the, the link between the eyes and that part of the brain that uh, gives us the ability to turn all these light flashes that strike all these photons that strike our, our retina, the back of our eye, into some kind of a coherent picture. So this is a good thing, and it can be used for different things. You know, even like Parkinson's disease, at some point we'll be able to implant uh, uh, chips that will work in the substantia nigra, in this dark area, uh, the black substance, and be able to reconnect these neurons that have lost the ability to talk to one another. And that's what we want. We want the neurons talking to one another. Now, this kind of smacks of AI, too. You well, know, it the, does. That's where, that's where I get concerned. If you start marrying these two together, all of a sudden we're going to have a nation of you know, zombies. You're going to be told what to do, when to do it. You'll just do it because it's already in your brain. Well, it, it, it's a chip, so it has to be programmed, and it can be programmed specifically, or you know, Joe Biden and the left-wing Democrats can program it for, for us to all be trans. Well, one of the things they say it will be able to do is take somebody who can't speak and have them think a word, and it will show up on an iPad. That means it has some sort of Wi-Fi capability. If, some, if Wi-Fi can go out, Wi-Fi can come in, and it's the coming in that Not bothers necessarily. me. Not necessarily. You remember a transistor. You know what that is. Oh, you know sure, what yeah. What is it? A transistor? Yeah. It, um, well, you know what? Maybe I can't give you an ex. No, can't, can't give me an explanation of what a transistor is. All a transistor is is a one-way gate that allows one electron through and won't let it back. That's what a transistor is. That's all it does. It's just a, it's just a little door. It opens up, lets an electron through, and it shuts. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's it's, it's just the capacitors a, that store the, the uh, power. Capacitors are like batteries yeah. in short-term storage of electrons. So you can make a you can make a computer chip that uh, that, that will only allow things in one direction and not in another direction. And you can set, segregate the chip so that part of it can transmit out and part of it can, can uh, cannot transmit out and part can transmit in and part of it can't transmit in. So we can do what we want with these transistors. The problem is not, it's not the chips, it's the people that are in control of the chips. That's where the world <laughs> well, Okay, well, I feel a little better then, a little better. Okay, now let me tell you this. I mean, the, the AI, I think that it's good to start looking at um, uh, regulating this to some degree. So just like we did with the n nuclear bomb and, and uh, the Internet, of course, we need to have more regulation of that. But uh, certainly we have had all these new technologies that have been life changing and uh, threats to, you know, existential threats to our existence. I mean, you know, you think of a nuclear winter, you think of most humans dying out. And of course, somebody will live. I will. <laughs> I'll dig a ditch and hide. At any rate, but let's talk about AI for a minute. First, we have to look at our own brain. Now, 
the human brain consists of 100 billion, 100 billion nerve cells. Ken, I'm not talking about a million, 10 million, 100 million, a billion, 10 billion. I'm talking about 100 billion neurons. Now, I don't even believe this. How the hell can you get 100 billion of anything inside of your skull? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, it just, it's almost unfathomable. And guess how many connections there are, synaptic connections between all of these 100 billion cells? I, have, I wouldn't even hazard a guess. Billions and billions and billions. 100 trillion. Trillions, okay. 100 trillion. Now, the computers are nowhere near that. they got a long ways to go before they can catch up to us. And we can but always unplug them. If you don't give them access to their own power source. That's the problem. How are we going to keep them from, from figuring out how to get their own power source? If you program into them self-preservation, what are they going to do? The first thing they're going to look for is food. And for them, food is electrons. True. Because yeah. Now, the highest transistor count in a consumer microprocessor is 114 billion transistors. That's an Apple's ARM-based dual-die M1 ultra system on an on a chip. And you know you you know what a chip is like a little one by one uh, thing that you drop in, and that's the the brain of your uh, of your computer. And they can move at an extremely fast speed, so they can they can move an electron in five nanoseconds, one billionth of a second. So we can't move information that fast because we have nerve cells that have to conduct the electrons from one nerve to another. Basically, they do it chemically, so they'll touch each other or get real close. And so they'll secrete the one nerve cell that's been stimulated will secrete a neurohormone like serotonin or norepinephrine, and that will stimulate the next nerve cell down. Then the electrons flow down that cell, and then it re it re um, repotentiates itself. It recharges itself for the next uh, um, for the next impulse to come down. But you know what? A computer it's going to be a long time before a computer has as many connections as we do, 100 trillion, 100 trillion, we're going to have to move to something other than uh, silicone-based computer chips. We're going to have to have some kind of an organic substance that can work as a computer. And you probably have seen these things on, on sci-fi movies and, and like on Star Trek and all that, where they have these, these organic-based computers that, are, that, that function very differently than the computer chips that we're using now. So, yes, the computers are much faster than us. You say, well, what about daisy-chaining a bunch of them together? Well, that, that could become a real threat um, if you have, you know, thousands of computers that have hooked up and are talking to each other because they can talk fast. They can talk at close to the speed of light, and we're not quite that fast yet. Well, here's something that might be of, of value to us is to have the chips in our brain that can talk as fast as the computers, and we'll be able to keep up with them then. So we had multiple uses for these implants in our brain, and I don't think we need to be scared of technology. We just need to know how to uh, utilize it wisely and to control it, and we can do that. You know, come on, nuclear power, we can control that. This is not an existential threat now, even though Russia says they're going to drop a nuke on us. Come on, they're not going to nuke us. We take them off the planet. They, did, they wouldn't exist anymore. Well, I don't know if Joe would or wouldn't. He'd probably 
go over there and want them to all dress up like girls and dance for it. <laughs> well, I know putting computer chips in your brain is, uh, you know, fodder for, for um, conspiracy theorists, things like that. Well, you're not going to be able to stop that completely. I mean, th- I mean they, thought, are, they thought it was in the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is going to spring eternal because there's always going to be people who don't have a, a real good understanding of the science or the technology, and uh, they're going to be suspicious. And, you know, I, I mean, it, it's like it's like patients. They don't understand a lot of what I say to them, and I have to repeat it and try and put it in as simple words as possible, but... You know, a lot of people just say, Doc, I have no idea what you're talking about. Just take care of me. Well, if you're a little paranoid, first thing you're going to say is, should I let this guy take care of me? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that may be uh, a, a valid concern. I mean, you, you do have to have some uh, precaution and, and, and a little bit of skepticism anytime you interact. Even with your own spouse, you can't have 100% uh, trust. Obviously, when you're dealing with the opposite sex, they t- <laughs> now, now careful there, Doc. They, they they tend to lie to each other, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they would say the same thing about us. I said the opposite sex. I didn't mention male or female. Ah, I assumed yes. You, well, you see, see, there you go. Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> now you're in trouble. I'm going to tell your wife. So, but listen, here's the thing. Now you could actually get a chip put into your wife's brain. That would stop her from talking. <laughs> uh, when can we do that, Doc? <laughs> We're working on that here in the basement. <laughs> You're authorized for that procedure now, are you? Okay. I am. That and my plasma weapon. <laughs> hey, we got. What, we're coming up on news. Want to do a question here? You can do one, buddy. I am. I'm. My brain's just not in question mode this morning. All right. We're playing here for two. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. That's two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. They can be yours if you are the first person with the correct answer at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. And the question always deals with something we talked about in the first half of the show. So if you've been listening, you know the answer. Today's question goes back to when we're talking about Doc's knee. He says he's feeling a bit better these days. But what is the knee made of? What is a new need made out of? If you know, be the first person to dial in at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600, and you will win. Ain't that right, Doc? You got it, buddy boy, and and that knee is important, and that's an important substance. So you get that right, and you get your two mugs. I'll give you a clue. They use it to make airplanes, too. It's a metal. Yes, it is. All right, we'll be back in just a bit. All right. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. China has already tightened access to Tiananmen Square in central Beijing on the anniversary of 1989's pro-democracy protest there in Hong Kong, which had been the last Chinese-controlled territory to hold commemorations. Police detained at least eight protesters on the eve of the anniversary at Victoria Park. A large public space has been seen for an animal, uh, a, I should say, an annual candlelight gathering to remember the hundred or thousands killed when army tanks and infantry descended on central Beijing on the night of June 3rd and into the morning of June 4th. Apple appears poised to unveil a long-rumored headset that will place its users between the virtual and real world. That headset will also serve to test the technology trendsetter's ability 
to popularize newfangled devices after other ones failed to capture the public the public's imagination. This is SRN News. AM860 the answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ by downloading the Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Today we'll have more clouds and sun with a thunderstorm response in the afternoon. The high will be 89. Tonight a thunderstorm in the evening, otherwise partly cloudy with a low 70. Tomorrow more clouds and sun with a high 89. Tomorrow night clear skies and a low 70. On Tuesday mostly sunny and less humid, the high will be 88. Wednesday partial sunshine with a high 89. That's your Accurate the Forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM 860. The I like that tune, Ken. It is. Puts me in a Caribbean mood. Yeah, it's really nice. And uh, speaking of bad moods, uh, did you see where the Russians have issued an arrest warrant for Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina? (laughs) Have they really? Yeah, in an edited video of his meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago on Friday with Ukrainian President Zelensky uh, that was released, uh, Graham said, uh, the Russians are dying and that... uh, the money we're spending uh, to help the Ukrainians is the best money we ever spent. So that kind of got the uh, Russians upset, and they've issued an arrest warrant for him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Lindsay, yeah, Lindsay yeah. should stay out of Russia then. Yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere over there near there. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that'd be good. We got a winner, Doc. We got a winner. Who we got? We have Tom Wiegand. Tom Wiegand of uh, St. Pete is our winner today. He knew that. 
Your new need is made out of? Titanium. Titanium is correct. And, uh, Tom, you're getting uh, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs from the good doctor. So thank you for calling in. Thanks to everybody who tried. The phone's lit up, so everybody's been listening about your knee troubles. And, Tom, we appreciate you listening, buddy. It's uh, It really is important to me to think that somebody cares out there. <laughs> A lot of us care. Ken, I care. Ken cares. That's right. My wife doesn't care. She's like, what are you doing that stupid show for? What are you talking about? People love me. They need me. They want me. <laughs> and we're going to have an extravaganza. we got to get that started. Yeah, I, I like this idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Well, let's shoot for uh, Labor Day. I think that's a good time. And we can have it at the office. We've got, you know, a huge uh, back parking lot. We can get a few thousand people in there easily. And it shouldn't be scorching hot, so. No, it shouldn't be too bad. And uh, the only thing is parking. But I'll talk with the uh, uh, with the uh, with the hospital and with my church next door and see if we can use their lots. That'd be nice. I like this idea. Yeah, we can do it. And we'll see if we can get some sponsors, get some booths set up, and you know, have a little, a little fun and information. We can also let people see how we set up for the show, and um, the the remote broadcast is it's a little different feel than in the studio, but still, it's basically the same thing. Yes, it is. Uh, just two guys talking. <laughs> yeah, two guys talking, and you know, electronic stuff, and and uh, Robert and Joe pulling strings and bubble gumming things together make sure they all work oh uh, believe me it'll work these guys know what they're doing so uh the uh the uh slowdown you know the supply chain problems gonna gonna get a little worse for a while because dock workers have shut down and slow cargo operations at the west coast ports uh from uh san diego all the way up to seattle apparently they're upset because they've been negotiating for over a year for a new contract and uh, they haven't gotten what they want yet. So people are not showing up for where, for work or coming in late or going home early. And uh, the Pacific Maritime Association, which represents West Coast terminal operators, said Friday that the dock workers were staging uh, concerted and disruptive work actions. So the dock workers are going to let them know who's in charge. And if you don't have people to unload the cargo, well, everything slows down. So at some of the big ports like uh, Long Beach and L.A., uh, they stopped uh, trucks from coming in. You know, you have to have the trucks pick up the cargo containers to ship it all all over the country. And uh, so they're slowing that down. So if uh, you're waiting for your uh, widget or whatnot from China, it might be a little bit delayed. Didn't we just go through this about a year ago? We did. Yeah, I thought so. So we did. Here we go again. Okay. Here we go again. And what are you going to do, though? I mean, it just means prices will go up. That's all. Oh, yeah. And speaking of imports from China, cisplatin is a chemotherapeutic agent uh, that was made or is made in the United States. And it's also made in India and China. And so we're having a shortage. You know, cisplatin's used for a lot of cancers like testicular and ovarian and breast and different things. Uh, and it's an old-timey drug uh, that uh, has been a real, a real uh, stable um, in our armamentarium against the, the, these cancers, certain cancers, solid cancers. So uh, now we have eased uh, our restrictions on importing from China. Isn't it funny how we... You know, 
we get into fights with them, but then when we need something or they need something, then we kind of ease everything up. We can cherry pick once in a while, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Germans, you know, they're, they they don't want to see the Russians take over, but they don't have a problem buying oil and gas from them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And how long they've been fighting, the, the Slovaks and the Teutons have been fighting for centuries over who's going to rule Europe. So far, the uh, the the winner has been nobody. It's a stalemate. Yeah, it has been for a long time. It's been a stalemate. Yeah, I mean, the, the, certainly Germany came out of World War II better off than Russia did. But uh, you think so? Yeah, well, I guess so. This was they were in the West, so yeah. Yeah, they're 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 much better. Uh, they're in a much better position economically. And if you've been to Germany and and spent any time there, driven around, uh, stayed in a few cities. It's really, it's, you know, it looks a lot like the United States, except for all the old cathedrals and castles and all that. But that's just, it's, that's not everywhere. Uh, but, uh, you know, you go to, to northern Germany and you're driving around, you'd think you were in Kentucky. The interstates are wonderful. There's rolling hills. Uh, fencing looks about the same. Uh, restaurants are neat and clean. And, well, I can't say that about the United States. <laughs> But at any rate, we need these drugs, and uh, they're being made in India as well. But one of the factories in India had some problems, and so we said no. We're, you know, the FDA said no. We're not going to let you do it. Well, what we do is we have a third-party independent uh, uh, quality control company go into their factories and take a look at the, pr the production process and take samples and send it back for analysis and all that. Uh, and so that's how we do that without having our own FDA go over there and, and, and look at all this. And I know because I bought uh, supplies for my toenail gel and you get an actual certificate that shows that it's FDA approved on a chemical or a pharmaceutical that you get from China. So that's how that works. So uh, we, of course, were dragging our feet and allowing this one Chinese company to ship to the United States. But you know, uh, necessity is the mother of uh, invention. Yes. You know, compromise too. Huh? Yeah. So, at any rate, that's that's that. Now, so, uh, why is there a shortage, though? I mean, what what is it? Just the one plant in China? No, there's there's a couple of plants here, but one of the big plants here uh, slowed their production because they need to update their equipment and. During the pandemic, of course, everything dropped. You know, the demand for a lot of things dropped because people weren't going to the doctors, and we probably had some mild increase in cancer deaths. But uh, uh, it, it's it's a multiplicity of factors: supply chain, because you need the basic uh, chemicals to make the cisplatin, and uh, you, you need the infrastructure, you need the people that work, you need the demand. So, you know, things were scaled back during that time period, and now we have to catch up. So we're playing a catch-up game, both in terms of production and in terms of infrastructure and in terms of our uh, manufacturing capabilities. So these things will improve, but in the meantime, uh, the, the uh, oncologists, the doctors that treat cancers, they're saying, we need this drug, and they're, they're thumping their fist on the table and demanding that the FDA do something. And so I guess when the FDA is not busy uh, conspiring <laughs> national teachers, <laughs> they can do some real work. Get around to some medicine once in a while, yeah? 
Well, actually, it's the CDC, oh, not okay. the FDA. But the CDC uh, oversees the uh, policies of, you know, COVID and all that. The FDA approves and disapproves drugs and all that. Yeah, it's the CDC that's been the problem. Ah, you know, they're left-wing bureaucrats, for God's sake. So they all vote Democratic. What do you think they're going to do? They're not going to not going to stick with us. <laughs> not a chance. No. And, and, they, and they've been pretty clear about that. I mean, you know, it's like all this woke nonsense and this transgender and I'm trying to teach kids about sexuality when they're, you know, three years old and all that crap and trying to tell them, oh, you may not be a man, you might be a woman. A kid looks down at his genitalia and says, dang, it sure looks... <laughs> <laughs> sure looks like a man to me. No. Oh no, you're you're not saying correctly. So at any rate, now we find out that uh, that uh, you can find all of this data, all of this nonsense and baloney in Karl Marx's uh, Communist Manifesto. All this is right out of the Communist Manifesto, Ken. All of it. Didn't know. Never read it. You should read it. It's fascinating reading. It's not that long. And it's it's fairly simple, straightforward reading. I always uh, considered it like a Mein Kampf kind of thing. No, Mein Kampf is, is like a, a history of, of Hitler's uh, metamorphosis from uh, a soldier in the field in World War One to uh, you know this angry, racist, uh, demonic uh, dictator. He actually had some good ideas, and uh, if he hadn't been such a racist and so angry. Uh, and hateful, he probably would have been the Napoleon of Europe in the 20th century. He might have been able to unite a good chunk of Europe. But, you know, when he marched into the Ukraine, they thought he was a liberator. And all yeah. of a sudden, they were slaves. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Built the Autobahn. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, the Industrial Revolution was accelerated by the Germans during that era. And uh, social programs uh, increased, uh, health care, all kinds of things got better. And Yeah, you don't get to that position in any country unless you're doing something for the people. Yeah, and the people loved him. Yeah. So, but um, he was an abused child, extremely abused, and uh, he blamed a lot of the World War One debacle for Germany on the Jews, which... I don't think was true, but, you know, he thought so. Well, he, he sold it to the people, and that was the important part. Yeah, well, you know, he, he was... He pedd- gave him control, gave him an enemy. Yeah. You got to have somebody to hate. Yeah, he was peddling hate and uh, and playing into the anger and the resentment of the terms of the Treaty of Versailles after World War One, which were extremely onerous for the Germans and put them into a, a, an early uh, Great Recession. You know, theirs started a few years before ours. <clears throat> Oh yeah, it was very deep. Not was wasn't good at all. It was a, it was a, it was a mistake. I think history or historians will tell you that. Yeah, it was a mistake, and uh, we never signed it. We never signed the Treaty of Versailles. We didn't. Nope, we did not. Didn't know that. We did not agree with it, and uh, that was the one well, thing. It was Wilson. Would, Wilson. Woodrow Wilson was able to convince the Senate not to do it, and they agreed with him on that. Um, they did not agree with him on the League of Nations. Uh, they thought he had gone too far too fast. But uh, they did agree with him that we never signed. Uh, I think we had an armistice with the Germans. I don't know if we've ever signed a peace treaty after World War One. Might have been wrapped up into the World War Two peace treaty. Could have been, yeah. But World Could've War One was definitely a cause of World War Two. So. Part of it. Yeah. Part of it, yeah. And the old uh, Slovak versus Teuton, that, that's that's always a big problem, you know. So now we're going back to Africa. 
Have you ever been there? I have not been to Africa. I hear it's an interesting place to visit. It's the second largest continent. It's basically divided by the Sahara. And uh, there's the sub-Saharan area, and then there's a super-Saharan area, and then there's the Sahara area where there are several large countries, uh, huge countries, big swaths of, of land. And there's a country called Chad, which is landlocked, and it is um, surrounded by let me tell you who it's surrounded by. It's surrounded by Libya, Niger, Nigeria, Central African Republic, and the Sudan. And the Sudan is right below Egypt. So Chad is just right below Libya. And as you know, Libya is on the Mediterranean coast. And so this is largely in the Sahara Desert, although they do have some green area in the sub-Saharan area. And they had been one of our main uh, stalwarts and uh, military uh, outfits that have been fighting Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram and other Islamic, radicalist, uh, Islamic uh, radical groups. And now the Biden administration has decided that they're not democratic enough because the son of the last leader took over and did it without elections. Now we've been training their troops, and they have a pretty good, uh, a pretty good uh, special forces that has been able to uh, subdue these uh, Islamic terrorists. And they've gone into Sudan and uh, and into Nigeria and Niger, where there are these groups actively uh, uh, waging war against their own governments. And, and and now we are in a position where the Sudanese, uh, the the Chads, are saying. Well, look, we've been a, an ally. I mean, you know, come on, you want democracy or do you want stability? You can't have democracy without stability. That's the argument. And so Washington's saying, well, we want democracy. And by the way, we want everybody to be, you know, uh, gender <laughs> friendly or whatever. And, you know, you have to let gay people. And, and It doesn't matter. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. And, you know, my, my thought is, look, the, the, the great existential threat besides this left-wing lunacy, which we're going to sweep out of here eventually, are the, the terrorists and the militants who would like to overthrow our country. So we don't want them over here doing that. We, we'd rather fight them in Africa and Asia, which is basically where we've been doing it, Ken. Yes, it's, that's, it's cheaper for them. Well, you know, our President Monroe, you remember... Uh, not Monroe, Madison. You remember Madison, the War of 1812, Mr. Madison's War, Congress called it. Uh, he taught us a valuable lesson because we declared war on the British and invited them to come over here and fight, <laughs> which, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. So that was the last large-scale uh, war that we've had on our turf. And uh, we've since then have had a, a policy called forward deployment. You know what that means. Forward deployment means that we're not going to let you come to our turf. We're taking the battle to you first. And we're doing this in China right now. You saw where we had destroyers going through the Sea of Japan and the Straits of Taiwan. And, and uh, one of the Chinese ships came within 150 yards or something of one of our ships. And, and But, uh, you know, we're saying, look, if you guys want to tangle, we're tangling over here on your turf. Of course, the Chinese, they see the sea of, uh, uh, the, you know, the South China Sea is theirs, and it's not the, the communists. This goes back a thousand years. This goes back to uh, to when the, the country became uh, an empire, 
when China first became an empire, they looked out and they said, well, you know, this is ours too. We own the South China Sea. No, you don't. <laughs> There's no when, when did Taiwan break away? Well, that was after World War II when the uh, Chinese Civil War was raging and uh, Chiang Kai-shek and Mao Zedong were leading uh, their respective parties. Mao Zedong was the head of the communist and Chiang Kai-shek was the head of the, uh, the uh, right-wing group. And Mao kicked Chiang out and Chiang went to Taiwan and set up a country there, which has turned into, uh, from a dictatorship, into a fairly successful democracy. Now, the, the communist dictatorship that was established in China by Mao has turned into a fascist dictatorship where, yes, you have free enterprise, but it's still a one-party state with a strong man at the top, and the private enterprise is only that which the state will allow. So if the state doesn't like you making widgets, but whatnots are okay, they'll let you make whatnots, but not widgets. And by the way, they get a piece of the action, and they have somebody on the board of directors if you're a certain size company. And uh, this is the way that they control uh, production, which is the same thing that the Nazis did, Ken. Same exact thing. That's fascism. One-party state, strong man at top, social programs uh, administered by the government, and control of private enterprise, which is allowed, but only that private enterprise, which is helpful to the government, uh, to what they perceive to be their aim and ends and goals and means. And I was talking with an old uh, East German guy when we were in um, Carlsbad in, in, in uh, Western Czechoslovakia a couple of decades ago after the wall came down and he was over there sitting drinking and with his family and um, we got to chatting. He spoke some English and I said, where are you from? He said, you know, East Germany. I said, wow. And so we started talking and he was a toy manufacturer. And I said, how was it? I mean, did, did the government step on you? And he said, if you kept your number of employees below seven, uh, they pretty much left you alone, which is similar to what we do here. So if you have less than 15 employees, did you know that the EEOC rules and regulations do not apply to you? Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes, sir. And, uh, and so, and then you also know that if you reach a certain level, like a hundred employees, you have to uh, provide uh, health insurance. Whereas if you're a little company like me of five or 10 employees, you don't have to provide health insurance. So these rules are not uh, um, only in communist and, and fascist countries. They're also in our country, uh, but they're just not as in your face and they're not as uh, severe. But he said, yeah, they pretty much left me alone, but I kept my number of employees down to five. And uh, then my wife and I were the management and uh, we did okay. You know, I can afford to come across the border and get drunk in <laughs> Czechoslovakia. <laughs> and he did a fine job of it, Ken. I got to tell you, he did a fine job. Oh, he's of a it. pro, huh? Okay. He's a pro at that. But at any rate, so we got Chad, which is sitting right here in the heart of... Uh, the Sahara and the super-Saharan uh, uh, Egypt, I mean, uh, Africa, uh, being a stalwart for us. And they're surrounded by all these countries, some of which are friendly, some of which are not so friendly to us, but all of which are important to the security, uh, not only of Africa, but of the United States. And so the, the Biden administration is saying, no, we're not going to help you unless you democratize more. Well, you know what? I mean, come on. We've supported dictatorships for centuries. 
And uh, we've done it rather successfully and helped those countries, a lot of them, turn into successful democracies, like Taiwan. Saudi so, Arabia is not exactly a democracy. We support them. We support, well, I don't know how much we've been supporting them lately. I think they've been supporting us more than them. <laughs> well, yeah. we want that oil. They still well, they still want to buy our treasury bills. So, you know, they may be mad at us, but they know the most secure place to bank their money is with us. Yeah. And they may pay lip service to the Chinese who want to have the yuan supplement the dollar, but the Chinese don't have an infrastructure. They don't have a central bank. They don't have uh, a Fed agency like we have. They don't have the kind of oversight and regulation. So people aren't going to trust that. They're not going to go there and say, hey, I want to buy – you know, a hundred billion in in, uh, in uh, yuan's, and uh, here's my here's my sod uh, real real or whatever they're using, uh, and you hold this, and I'll I'll get some interest, and I want it back in two years, because they may not get it back. But China is making inroads in Africa. They're building roads everywhere down there. They are the 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 the, uh, the Belt and uh, Road Initiative that they have is certainly making uh, big dents. But, of course, a lot of people are going to pay them lip service. And, you know, you may go into Africa and think you're going to get something out of it by being nice to the folks. But uh, there's still a lot of the sub-Saharan countries are still fairly tribal. So when one tribe gets in to power, they may say, well, you guys took from us when you were in Paris, so we're taking from you. And, by the way, you made a deal with the Chinese, and we're just going to nationalize everything they built to hell with them and boot them out, <laughs> which – we brings the, bring the U.S. in. I guess it's a, it's a, it's a, it's always changing over there. It's a shell game. Yeah, I mean it's like Venezuela. You know they've nationalized our oil companies two or three times over the past fifty years, sixty years. So they invite us in and then boot us out. <laughs> all right. Well, it'd be nice. We can all play together. Well, you've got two things at play here. You've got testosterone. And you've got different cultural uh, values and, and morals, and uh, th th this is uh, this is the rub. And I think this is partly the rub that we're seeing in the United States because we have uh, we have cultural morals and values that have been fairly ingrained over the over the millennia. Uh, you know, the basic Judeo-Christians morals and values, and I guess Islam uh, has a lot of those same values, and uh, the Hindus do too. So, but. But we're seeing people who say, well, we, we don't want religion. We want, uh, you know, we want a secular state. Okay. And how are you going to do that? How, how are you going to implant morals and values? Well, we want our own morals and values. So they say things like, uh, you know, um, transgender and um, gay and everybody, we're all the same. And come on, how on earth can you say somebody who's had their genitalia mutilated is the same as, as you and me who have it? I mean, you know, we used to think that general mutilation, which happened in parts of Africa and, and Asia uh, decades ago, was was criminal. That's and, true. Yeah. And now we're saying, oh, no, it's a good thing. You know, yeah. so at any rate, this former executive at. Uh, at Target, he railed against their uh, putting this uh, this uh, transsexual pants on sale, I guess they're some kind of swimsuit or something where you can tuck them in and untuck them. And I mean, it's just this bizarre stuff. And it just turned a lot of people off because they put it right out in the front row 
it made a big deal out of it. And now people are like, I'm not shopping at Target. What are you crazy? I'm, and and in, in addition, you know, Target's a little bit more upscale than Walmart. And people are like, no, I'll go to Walmart and get what I want. I don't, hey, know, Doc, got 30 seconds left. All right, buddy, let's let's say goodbye to everybody. And I am Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. It's been fun today, Ken. I've had fun. Yeah, it was a fascinating show, Doc. I learned a whole lot today. Yeah, and I am at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Hey, by the way, I am your Dr. Bill, and let's let's reserve that date, Labor Day, and let's see if we can have an extravaganza. Can we'll have we? ourselves a good time. Everybody. Say and bye, I'll, Doc. Later, Doc. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at CanCareClinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.